Hey, you're listening to Just Say the Word. I'm your host, Erin Sanchez, and this is a storytelling podcast. In every episode, you'll hear a story from me or my guests from around the world. Then we'll encapsulate a key lesson from that story in just one word you can apply in your own life or business. If you're an entrepreneur looking to get inspired and make your mark on the world, you're in the right place. Your story is your legacy, and I want to help you tell it better. Visit candidlyerin.com for more writing, communications, and personal branding advice. I have Lila Smith, my friend from LinkedIn, who I have yet to meet in person, but am dying to. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm going to be flying to Texas. Just, you know, I'll, I'll book that ticket as soon as possible. Um, I'll go get groceries. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm gluten-free. <laughs> okay. So she is a um, communication breakthrough coach. She's a messaging consultant for thought leaders and entrepreneurs. She just recently got certified as a UMAP coach. She's a startup mentor um, and the creator of Say Things Better, which you can search using the hashtag Say Things Better on LinkedIn and probably elsewhere on social media. We'll get all of the details from Lila. Um, Thank you so much, Lila, for taking time out of your schedule. Oh, I'm always happy to talk to you. You know, my schedule today is just a bunch of housework and clearing the space that I need to create things and to not look around and feel distracted. So that's, you know, the kind of thing that I'm very happy to take a break from. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Housework. I was just saying today I need to outsource like most aspects of my life and how yes. has got to be one of them oh Erin you have to you have to I mean there are some things that only I can do like decide what stays and what goes I had worked with Jake Melton uh he's the cut the crap minimalism minimalism coach yeah and he really helped me to identify what I need in order to make decision making simple um making my business practices simple And so much of that is just cutting out our need to have control over everything ourselves. So, I mean, I don't even do my own laundry except for delicates, which I hand wash. But there's a woman named Angela Logan in Dallas who comes to my house and picks up my laundry and takes it away and does it somewhere. (laughs) And she brings it back (laughs) all folded and clean and, like, separated by the type of thing it is. And I didn't have to do anything. And it's really just about my time is not well spent doing and monitoring laundry. Absolutely. And my time is not well spent doing other things, too. Like I have a proposal coordinator and I have a virtual assistant and I, I have been relying on them so much to free up my time so that I can be in my, what, what Alicia Johnson, my assistant, says is be in my zone of genius, which I yeah. just love. Yes. Yeah, you should do it, too. Outsource yes. everything. That's that's the direction I'm heading in. I do have a VA. I've got somebody helping me with my social. I do like meal delivery services, and I just like awesome. up, up level to the ones that are like already prepared because I was like, wait, these kits are still a lot of work. Yes, um, I, I've <laughs> always thought that. I've always thought that. Like, okay, you've dropped it. I still have to then wash the dishes when it's done, right? Like, yes, I, I still have no idea how much time it takes. And when you, even if it's two minutes. Two minutes to one person is not the same as two minutes to another person. If I have to be washing a dish for two minutes, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's it's torture. 
because yeah. that's two minutes that I could be using to empower a world of intentional communicators. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm right there with you. I'm like, every minute counts. And yeah. if I can be using it to grow my business, grow somebody else's business, yeah. you know, create, um, just be in that creative headspace, as you know, like it's so necessary for doing the kind of work that we do. Um, yeah. It's just a waste of my time to be doing the dishes and mopping floors. So, yeah. yes, and I love And there are this. some people who love that, and they get into their creative zone yes. by being zen and doing these kind of activities. And some people who just are happy to be able to use that skill to make an income, and I'm very happy to support them in doing that so that I can do what I can do. Yes. No, that is, that's, that's such a good point, too, because everybody has their different ways of, you know, winding down or making a living, and it's, you know, just really about um, where we want to spend our time and choosing to do that very intentionally. Yeah. A lot of – well, so I, I know you mentioned I just got certified as a UMAP coach, UMAP is a system created by Kristen Sherry to look at these four different assessments in different areas of our lives and see how the results kind of cross over and tell us stories about ourselves using our strengths, our values, our skills, and our personality, looking at how those things intersect and then how those little recipes of this plus that show up in our lives. You can look at them and see, oh, because I have the um, woo as one of my top five strengths, which is winning others over, really quickly making connections with people. You can look back at my whole life and see how that's manifested, no matter what the work is I've actually been doing. So even when I was a little kid, I would walk into a playground and I would create these play groups with everybody and I would rally everybody into the most optimized way of enjoying ourselves. <laughs> and so, like that was, uh, that was me as a little kid. And you can see that now when I'm networking, when I'm introducing people to each other or working a crowd or public speaking, it's all the same person I've always been. It just gives me a way of talking about it. And then when I cross that over with something like my value for community, how do I use my woo strength in order to build community or in service of community. So doing things like volunteering as a speaker for LinkedIn Local, and I'll be uh, speaking at LinkedIn Local DFW on the 12th of June. One of the, one of the reasons that I was asked by Daniel DiPasquale to come and speak there is because he's seen me in the community being of service, connecting people, and he knows me as you know, somebody who engages with people the way that I always have my whole life. So that's where those, my value overlaps with my strength. So that's just one example of like a little recipe. And it, when you put these things together, it tells such a full picture story of who we've always been, who we're always going to be. And that can help direct the things that we're supposed to be doing and the things that we're not supposed to be doing. And then you know who, how, who to hire to yeah. do these other things. Not everybody is good at putting what they do into words. Those people can hire me. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. It's true. And it's funny because, and I can't, I wish I could credit like where I first heard this, but it's something that has stuck with me for years is the idea that 
if we go back to what we wanted to do when we were like 10 years old, a lot of the yeah. time that's like who we are and what we still want yeah. to be doing in some way or another right now. Before we get those like socialized responses and before we find our limits being projected onto us from wherever, we're still very much in our imagination center then. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. That's so wonderful. And, and UMAP, um, though I haven't, you know, gone through um, the program or anything, I do follow um, the, the updates on LinkedIn, and I just love what um, UMAP is all about. And I've seen the graphics, even those alone, you know, sort of those infographics are very interesting and helpful. Um, so I definitely need to – it's in my shopping cart, <laughs> but I need to actually <laughs> yeah. push by. Um, I'm so going to follow up. I'm going to make sure that you get it, and then we'll do a session for you about, you know, what your results have been. And just finding the stories in your life, because you're always telling everybody else's and giving everybody else a platform for storytelling. Well, thank you. I would love that. That would be so much fun. Let's definitely do that. I will, I will buy it today, and then we'll get on another call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so you mentioned um, community, and I know this is huge for you, and we chatted a little bit about this story um, that you have that, you know, revolves around community, and this is, like, I really wanted to capture it and share it with everybody else. And I don't know the details of the story and I'm dying to know. Okay. So you're now in Texas and you're in Dallas, right? Yeah. And you're a communications coach, a messaging consultant, but this is not what your life has always been, right? So tell no. us like where you were sort of before and, and just so, kind of give us like a starting point. Okay. And so, no, it hasn't, and yes, it has at the same time. I've always been this person. People mm -hmm. have always come to me and asked for advice. How, do you, how would you say this? Can you put this into some words for me? And it just didn't occur to me that that was something that was a talent or a strength. It was something that was so easy for me that I just took it for granted. And it never occurred to me that it could be a full-time job, you know, that I, I had a job. I was the director of e-commerce at DNA Footwear in New York City. Um, for three years, I worked at that company before I went full-time with Say Things Better on June 1st, 2018, so almost a year ago from the time that we were oh, recording. Wow. Yeah, and, but that's, that's it. I've been full-time for less than a year, and so much has happened in that time. And it's, I don't think it's an accident that it happened to blow up, you know, through the LinkedIn community. I, I found it and discovered it through the LinkedIn community too. People telling me over and over again in ways that I could see in comments, people tagging me and creating posts about what I had helped them with. They all were saying, oh, Lila Smith, you know, you always say things better. And these were words that other people were using, uh, especially Kristen Sherry who created UMAP. And when she did my UMAP report for me, she showed me you have all of these talents, all of these skills that you could use if you wanted to, you know, it kind of looks like from your profile that you'd be a great communication coach or messaging consultant. And at the time, I was like, that's cute, Kristen, but I need a job, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I can't, I can't just go on my own. What are you, crazy? I'm not a very risky person. And that's important to this story because I, I really am not. I'm very strategic. I have strategic in my top five strengths too. And I really like to see proof and evidence. And I like to see things very clear. 
I like to know how much money I'm going to make. I like stability so that I can be creative and wild in my imagination and in my work, but I don't like to be guessing about how my life's going to go. And I feel, um, well, more strong now, but kind of tentative without a lot of people supporting me. Even when I was acting, which I did professionally for over 10 years, it was my community of fellow actors who kept referring me to different roles and saying, oh, you should work with Lila Smith. You know, but she sings this kind of part and or she would be good for that role. A lot of it was referral and a lot of it was community. And the support that I needed just to survive in that crazy industry came mm-hmm. from my community. And then when I stopped acting, which was a few years ago, I I kind of lost that that feeling of having all of these people around me that were involved in the things that I cared about. You know, I wasn't acting anymore. I decided that it wasn't for me. And so I kept like trying to reach, reach, you know, reach out and people would be busy, you know, because it takes a lot to be in that life. But even when I would connect with them, sometimes they would feel that they didn't have anything still to talk with me about. Mm-hmm. And that felt so isolating because these were people who were like my best friends and and I was disengaged too. Like I didn't want to hear actors talk about acting all the time. I wanted to talk about all kinds of ideas. Right. And so it was like this echo chamber of um, like actor talk and political division and all kinds of stuff on Facebook where I had had a lot of social media community and a lot of those people gathered together. And I felt like, I needed to step away from it. It was also at a time when, you know, I wasn't happy in my marriage. I was feeling unfulfilled there, unfulfilled at work. Just basically like the most special parts of me are sitting on a shelf collecting dust in every area of my life. And I don't have my community anymore. So it was for someone like me who needs that so much, a really isolating time. And I decided to make some kind of a change. So June 1st, 2017, which was a month before my birthday, which is July 1st, was to be the first day of 30 that I would do something different. And I chose to do two things, and I really started on, on May, May 30th, like before June started, uh, May 30th, May 31st. I was um, overachiever. <laughs> yeah, well, I was really excited to get going, and I wanted to just test it just to see, like, okay, what's this, what's this month going to be like? And it started with every morning before I get out of bed, putting my hands on my heart, feeling my heartbeat, warming up my voice just by humming a little bit and saying gratitude out loud while I feel the gratitude in my voice reverberating in my chest, physically feeling that gratitude to start my day with. It was kind of like taking inventory of my blessings and then knowing as I walk through the rest of the day, oh, I have this stuff I can take with me. So that was that was the first thing that I did. And the other thing that. was switching over to that other blue and white app on my phone and saying instead of going to Facebook every day, I'm going to go to LinkedIn. You know, mm-hmm. we are all, like, we were all on Facebook every day. It wasn't that I had made a commitment to it. It was an addiction. Mm-hmm. So I had to swap out for something that I thought might be a place where, I could potentially have the conversations that meant more to me than, you know, how to make 
chicken in 10 different ways <laughs> or whatever. You know, I don't even remember. And that's not to put that down. Like, I know that that's really important for families who are prepping meals, but it right. was just not engaging me at a heart and soul level. Mm-hmm. So I went there. I went to see, you know, like, let me look at my job description um, at other companies and just not to look for another job even, but just to see, am I doing everything I'm supposed to be doing? Why am I so disengaged? And, yeah, I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing and making money and doing well, and it just didn't feel like me. And I wasn't asking anymore. And even when I had been, that didn't feel all the way like me. I've got the, the creative brain and the business brain and the performance in me, like the presentation and the connection. And I just was missing one element or the other in everything I was doing. I just felt like stuck. So when I came to LinkedIn, I had this wide open mind. I didn't know what I was going to find or, or what, would, what would come to me. But I, I just committed to trying without any expectations. And what I found was it was just a little bit before Microsoft bought LinkedIn and made Mm -hmm. all these improvements in the feed for interaction. But I saw people were commenting on articles that they were posting that had never worked with each other before. It went from being like a job networking site to being a place where people could share thoughts and ideas. And somebody from across the world in, in Africa, Shua Thompson, would comment on something that I commented on. And then I would go and see, well, what else is he commenting on? And we didn't know each other, and now we do. And Mm -hmm. he was one of the first people who, in late 2017, I talked to when I was developing Say Things Better, when I was developing the actual process, taking my acting tools and putting them into a method that people could use to connect with their communication. And he's in Africa. And Mm -hmm. I met him through LinkedIn. And same with Fiona Young. She's in Hong Kong, and I met her through LinkedIn. And Michael Spence, who was in Buffalo, at the time I was in New York City. I was connecting with these people from all over the world. They felt close to me because we shared a passion for growth, self-discovery, self-development, education. We shared values in how we approached management and what we wanted to see for the world. It wasn't just, these are the people who are around me. It wasn't just, these are the people in my industry. It was, these are the people who I can find anywhere in the world to connect with and feel at home. Yeah, I feel like it it just happened so often. And that must have happened to you too, because I saw you getting very engaged too. Yeah, so so LinkedIn, um, we can dive into to that briefly in a moment. But for me, it just it really struck me that you used that term at home because I was just writing an article, um, and I just think it's so fascinating. I was just writing an article the other day where I used that term to explain why I don't feel at home. Exactly those words on LinkedIn. Now that's not to say I hate the platform by any means. I made so many amazing connections there, including you. Um, And so I just think it's so interesting, though, that you've just kind of switched my thinking about it a little bit, because I was, when you said Facebook was an addiction, and LinkedIn was like an intentional choice. And I guess that's kind of where 
my disconnect was coming from is I'm like, well, why do I just kind of enjoy the scroll so much, you know, on these other social platforms and not quite as much on LinkedIn? And I think it's about the intentionality of it. And it's like, what am I going on LinkedIn to do? Like, what is my intention? And of course you, not just technologically speaking, like with algorithms and all that, but you get to curate, um, like how you're interacting and who you're interacting with and um, what conversations you do join. And so maybe that's the piece that's been missing for me, you know, is um, really being intentional about um, that side of it. So I don't know, that's like a whole nother conversation, but it just, it's totally this conversation conversation because we can, you know, I didn't at the, at the time, I didn't have any idea like how, how magical things would be. I went on with intention. I mean, it's an addiction now. Right. You know, I can't, <laughs> right. can't do it without it now. I've, I've, it's been over 700 consecutive days now that I've been engaging on LinkedIn. Wow. And I, would, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it as much as I do. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, what I was finding when I was there is that I was connecting with people all over the world. And in particular, I noticed a pattern that I would get on these calls just to get to know someone just like we've had, you know, to just chat with each other. And I would get on these calls or I would see somebody's posts or I would look at their comments and really feel lit up like, wow, that's someone who's really changing things in the world. I want to be around them. Who are they? Where are they from? And whenever I would feel this like lit up click, I would look at their profile on LinkedIn and Yes, I was connecting with people all over the world, but there was a tremendous concentration of people in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm. And it was, it was so much, it, I couldn't ignore it. It was like, it, it was just overwhelming how often it was happening. It was calling to you. <laughs> yeah, it was. The people were calling to me. You know, people really, they asked me, like, why did you move to Dallas from New York City? And I just, every single time I say, it's the people. It's the people. It's my people. It's the people that make me feel like I can believe and I can achieve and that they will be there to support me. I love that. Yeah, the epitome of community. Yeah. I mean, I moved here. I moved to Dallas because I wanted to be around these people. I had done a couple of different speaking engagements here. Once I did go full-time with Say Things Better, I was, like, looking for clients, and I found a ton of people here who wanted to work with me. And my friend Stephanie, I met in the comments of, I think, a, a Brian Schulman shout-out Saturday post or something. She's like, you should connect with my sister, Sarah Baco. She's in New York. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I connected <laughs> with her, and I was like, I don't want to be connecting with people in New York right now. I want to be going to the people I've connected with in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, then why don't you come? You know, and next time I came to visit, I stayed with her in a guest room that she had in her apartment. There was a bathroom, there was a bedroom, and she gave me a key with a little box on it. It looks like her cat, Foxy. And she was like, just keep it for next time you want to come back. So there was a night, and I had, I had made some pretty big changes after discovering just how much I could accomplish with my community's support through LinkedIn and through the people that I had chosen to be around. And I, and I was... I was pretty sure I was going to move to Dallas and it was going to be like, I don't know, September or so. I had a lot of travel going on in August and this was July. And there just was this night that I had moved. I had left my 
my marriage. I had left my apartment. I was moving back to my mother's house in Brooklyn, which, you know, she lives in Pittsburgh now. But so this was an opportunity for me to live in a house and save some money. And it seemed like a good idea at the time, especially as I was starting a business full time. And I, I got there, you know, I'd gone through all of this stuff, the big purge and getting rid of all of the things I had. And the moving men came and loaded the rest of my stuff up into the truck I still needed <laughs> and took it over to my mom's house. <laughs> and there I was, like, unpacking all my things and just feeling with everything that I was opening, like every box that I was opening, that it was a step back and a step back and a step back and a step back. And I put one dress on one hanger in the closet that used to be my childhood closet, and I felt this overwhelming wrongness like this dark, remember, you feel isolated here. Why mm-hmm. are you doing more of this? Why are you moving into this? It felt like I was moving into the dark place right? to set up shop for myself there when I'm trying to bring light to everybody else and mm-hmm. trying to bring their message to light and trying to bring their work to light. And why wasn't I investing in myself with the same belief that I had in everybody else? And I didn't want anything but to come and be here in Dallas where I knew that I could reach out to people who would come and have lunch with me the next day, hear about my ideas, connect me to people who would make them grow exponentially, and share with me the things that they were doing to change the world too. You know, they say everything's bigger in Texas, but it's absolutely true when it comes to ideas and innovation. So when I say I want to change the world with intentional communication, nobody here looks at me and thinks that it's unreasonable. Nobody mm-hmm. here is looking at me with a scarcity mindset and saying, I can't do that. They are all like, cool, how can I help? You want to change the world? We got you. Wow. You're, around. You should be like the spokesperson for Texas because you do wonderful. If somebody moves to Dallas after hearing this, I want a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> New business idea. Yes. Dollars. <laughs> yeah. I love Still it. My revenue model. <laughs> yes, always increasing those um, revenue streams, right? Yeah. I I love this. So you made, I mean, you made massive changes, like moving, like your moving house, your marriage, everything. Um, and this was made possible by community, but also it, it, it sounds like it kind of like prompted it. To, like community was every aspect of this, right? It, it prompted it. Because it's what I needed because I'm not a brave person. I don't take big risks. I need to know. I mean, when I moved to Dallas, it was with 11 hours, you know, it was 11 hours after I hung that hanger in the closet. I had Stephanie's key. I called her and I said, remember when I said I might come and look at places to live? (laughs) Remember? She said, yeah. And I was like, well, what about tomorrow? And she said, come on by. You still got the key. And I said, okay, but I'm serious. Like, I really am going to come. And she's like, the bed's already made. And I was like, but I, I'm seriously coming, and I don't know for how long, and I'm just going to get a one-way ticket. And she said, you can move right in here. And that's what I did. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was, I mean, that's community. People yeah. with friendships that, that are offering you a place in their home, a place in their lives. My friend, Kellen Barfield, whom you know, she yes. and her whole family have taken me in here. I spent Christmas with them and Easter, like I got an Easter basket and a stocking, a stocking that <laughs> oh was my like gosh. the size of Texas from her mom, <laughs> I mean, these are the people who have the kind of outlook on community that I do, 
but they make you feel welcome. There's something about the Southern hospitality, but also the big thinking and also the excitement and energy. I wanted all of that. I wanted it around me all the time, and I wanted to serve it right back. And it made me feel very powerful to be able to help the people who made me feel that my whole life was possible. It didn't have to be that I was stuck in this relationship, in this job, in this 50% fulfillment status. That I was like, you know, those little spinning wheel of death, and it's like loading, loading, loading. <laughs> yes. Like waiting for the magic to load in my life. And there, it, it, it was here. I, I, when I moved here with 11 hours notice, it was because I knew I had 150 people who I could reach out to, who I would call friends, mm-hmm. who I would know would sit down and have lunch with me, who would connect me to people, and who wanted me to help them to say things better in their business and in their life. It was a very safe choice. It was not a brave one. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like nothing really requires all that much courage when you have that much support. That is, I love that because one of the biggest questions that um, I hear and or, you know, receive directly as a business coach is, you know, afraid to make the leap and they're not risk takers. Yeah. And so I'm, I love hearing, yeah, that you're not and that you, you know, community was the safety net. Um, and so you get to choose how you approach something and you can, re- you know, remove some of the risk um, with choices like that, like what makes you feel safe. Yeah. I can say things better to give people a way of feeling safe communicating from their truest self. I I have this method that I use to, in acting, pull my own story out of myself, my own authentic story that shows how I walk around and move around the world emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I would have a playwright's words to communicate this with, but it was my intention. It was my feeling that was coming out through those words. And that method of pulling myself out to share, that's what I use in helping people with their messaging. And I have a method for that. I have five steps that people can follow with the Say Things Better method so that they do have something that they can rely on. It takes the risk out of wondering if you've done everything you can to connect your message to your audience, if you've done everything that you can to build a sustainable relationship where someone else will feel cured for by you. So it helps with that too. I, have, I like methods. I like systems. I like processes and I like practice. Like I like to have a creative life process. I think um, you I think if I take the UMAP assessment, it's gonna be very similar to yours. You have to. You have to I would be so curious. Do you know Ronaldo Linares? He's a um celebrity chef and he's El Conductor. He's the uh conduit for the Latino community in the health and healthcare industry. I don't know that but I should. You should know him. He's amazing, and he and I share four of the same top five strengths, and the only difference is that I have developer where he has competition. So competition for him, meaning that he wants us all to be winners. Like, he wants everybody to win. Not just himself. It's not about winning over somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's about achieving a certain amount of greatness as a community. You should talk to him, too, for sure. 
Oh yeah. No, I love that. That sounds amazing. Um, I'm definitely going to, uh, <laughs> to be hitting you up um, outside of this call for some of those. Uh, yes. Take my black name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all those 150 people in Dallas that are so generous. Um, oh, now it's thousands now. <laughs> yeah. Thousands, of course. Um, yeah. You probably have, I didn't even look, but you probably have how many, um, not that it's about the numbers, but I mean, just we're talking about community, you know, what has your LinkedIn community grown to? Do you know? Well, I, I don't have as many connections as I have. Like, I think I have like 20,000 connections, but total 30,000 followers. Wow. No, that's amazing. I mean, I'm at a couple thousand, so, <laughs> but I have That's not a lot been... of people who are interested in knowing you, you know, and that's well, a lot of people who are interested in what you have to say and how you can help them. Well, thank you. I like that framing. No, I have. I need to be more intentional and get back in, um, get back on there, and and I just kind of had to take a hiatus, and I kind of took one from from social media in general. Um, yeah. Just you know, I just needed to step back because I was really like full, you know, head first into all these platforms. And anyway, you know, I talk to people about how they're feeling about their own communication events. Now, I say communication events because it's a time frame. It's like a scene in a play. So what are the scenes that you feel good in and what are the scenes that you don't? And being like one post on LinkedIn could be one communication event. One comment that you make could be one communication event. But being on social media might not be the stage you want to be on. And it's not the only way that you can get your message out. People have been doing business development and connection and networking offline forever. And Mm -hmm. it's so valuable we forget that we meet people all the time and they know people and they know people and they know people. So if you need to take a social media detox, Judy Fox did for four years. She took a social media hiatus. Wow. Four years. And she came back and now she's a LinkedIn like a Fox, you know, social selling on LinkedIn trainer. And she's phenomenal. She took in so much during that time. And she did so much so much research that she's able to come into the platform and know what to do. But also during that time that she was on hiatus, I think she discovered a lot about herself. And we do. We do discover a lot when we're not constantly comparing ourselves. And so some people compare themselves in person, you know, and some people compare themselves on social media. I think it's it's hard to get a full picture of anybody ever if they're not right. you. So even in person, people who look like they have it together at the grocery store and have these really perfect pictures of their family life that they post on Facebook or Instagram, behind the scenes could be having some really dark and isolating times like I was. Absolutely. That's why I – and I, I'm pretty sure that you read the the satirical article that I wrote about the perfect yeah. woman. and. That's why I, (laughs) thank you. That's why I wrote that because I was, you know, going constantly, not even aware, consciously aware that I was comparing, but it was like that little voice in your head that was constantly like, you know, that woman's got her, you know, reusable grocery bags and here you are with your plastic ones again, you know, because (laughs) you can't even remember, you know, just the silliest little things, but it's that little voice that's constantly telling us, um, like, oh, look, someone else has it more together than I do. Yes, absolutely. We don't know how fulfilled anybody else is, but I do think there's value. If If you're looking at the comparison and you want to just shift your mindset to the left a little bit or to the right, you know, six inches one way or the other, can make a big difference. If you look at 
what it is that's standing out to you. When I was in the comparison game, when I was constantly feeling, when I looked at everybody's pictures of their beautiful families with their beautiful children, what I know is that I wanted to have a family. And I really felt like I should have it by then. And I knew that it wasn't going to happen in the relationship I had at the you know job that I had and the place where I lived. It just wasn't going to happen. And I knew it was maybe not going to look the same way as I got older and things changed. I had to remove myself from the outcome that I expected, which was that I would be in this marriage and that we would be the partners who resulted in these children in mm-hmm. our union. And But knowing that it was something that was important to me and had always been important to me and had been promised to me, among many other things, that didn't end up happening, it it showed me where my dissatisfaction lay mm-hmm. so that I could make changes around it. It's one thing to just complain and to feel bad or to begrudge other people their success. That All that negative stuff doesn't do anything to help you. But if you for only sure. look at what it is that you're comparing, if you only look at where it is you want more for yourself from life, and then you action that out to make some changes, that's where I think it can be helpful. And it was helpful for me. For sure. No, I love that. That is wonderful advice. Um, and speaking of advice, I so I was looking at the definition of community, um, since that's the theme of, you know, your story and your life. Um, yeah. and, it, and, and just sort of like the dictionary definition is people with common interests living in a particular area. But as, you know, you've been telling the story, it's obviously so much more than that. And so I'd love to hear, you know, I mean, I think we, I mean, I understand, you know, um, how you see community. We talked about like the safety net, the comfort, um, but, you know, how would you define community um, and, or, you know, how would you tell our listeners, um, you know, how they can find community if they, you know, just some ideas, if they're feeling isolated, if they're not really sure, um, you know, what, what the next step is in their life. Yeah, I, I would love to talk about that. You know, I have a term in within the Say Things Better framework. I have a term, which is communication partner. This is the person that you want to be communicating with, who you want to be communicating with you, where when that happens in any given communication event, there's this feeling of, ah, yes, this is good. You know, it doesn't have to be a lot more complicated than that. It doesn't have to be, these are the people who will refer me business. It doesn't have to be, these are the people who I think I should be like. It doesn't have to be, they have smart ideas. It could be, they have smart questions. It could be, their questions make me think things deeply and I enjoy that. It's just that, ah, yes, this is good. Not like, this is icky, but this Mm -hmm. is good. So if you really simplify your intuition, you just ask yourself, to be honest with yourself in any given moment, when you're around certain people, when you see something written on social media, when you see something online, ask yourself if it resonates and, ah, yes, this is good, or, ah, yes, I want to, like, explore more of that, or if it's, like, ugh, you know? And if you get that, if you get that uplifted feeling in your body, that's someone to pay attention to and to reach out to and to bring into your community. That is an example of a communication partner. When you start collecting these partners, you'll see that they all have something in common. I don't agree that community means that you have to live in a certain area. Yes, Mm -hmm. I moved to Dallas to be around a local community of people that I could physically go out with, 
but my community lives online and it's thousands of people. It's thousands of people who live all over the world and what they all have in common, my communication partner, is somebody who lives somewhere in the world who wants to make a difference within it by breathing life into an industry, into other people, and in lifting people up. Those are the people that I want around me, whether it's online or offline. That's always going to be my communication partner. So however many people need, whether that's one person to be their little community of two, or if it's thousands of people like mine, like I need to have a ton of people around me who all make me feel this way, it doesn't matter what the quantity is, and it doesn't matter where they're located. It only matters that it feels like, yes, this is good. That is beautiful advice. I absolutely love that, and I completely agree that your community does not have to be the physical people, you know, in your area because we see it with, I mean, people who are online gamers who catch a lot of crap for, you know, not not having friends in the real world. And it's like they have yeah. lots of friends. On, they just happen to be online. You know, there's no one way to define something. And even for myself, you know, I don't have a lot of entrepreneur friends around me physically. And so it's shifted over the past few years of running my business where most of my friends don't even live in the same state or country as me, you know. Yeah. So I love that. Um, one other thing and I'm not sure if you can still hear me because I heard a. Okay, perfect. Um, so you said you started your business just about almost a year ago, and now you um, you also shared a poem with me that you wrote about a year ago. And I would love for you, it's so beautiful, I would love for you to um, read that poem if you would okay. before yeah. we. <laughs> it makes me so nervous. I will read it. You don't have to. <laughs> no, I totally will. Okay. Um, it's something that it actually was more than a year ago. It was uh, something that I wrote in 2017, in late 2017, when my friends Lacey McDowell and Jason Guest, um, Lacey's in Montana and Jason is in Australia, you know, talk about international communities. <laughs> These were the people that encouraged me to share this publicly. And it was just this poem that I had written in a comment, you know, in response to somebody else's something. And it was about community and why it means so much to me. So I, I, they were like, you have to share this as its own post. It's like enough already with putting all this value of yours in the comments and then not having it on your profile. <laughs> and it's like, well, I've got my own opinions about that. But if you really, really think that I should, and they're like, you have to, you have to. So I shared this. And it's called Buoy, B-U-O-Y, like the thing that bobs up and down in the ocean that, you know, you can – Hold on to if you're drowning. <laughs> right. <laughs> it starts with a little emoji of a fish and then follows. I was a buoy all my life. I've also been consumed by the ocean and welcomed among the mermaids. I've nearly drowned when their siren song dissolved and my lungs filled with water bit by bit until I'd sunk into the ocean floor. I'd forgotten how to swim. I'd forgotten why I ever dove in to begin with. I had to be my own buoy then. I dug my nails into the sand and grasped for what would not slip out. I made eye contact with the eels. I turned my face towards the light of the lanternfish. I complimented the vampire squid on her big, beautiful red eyes and graceful cloak. I began to glow again. Laughing out loud in a bioluminescent field of jellyfish and sea stars. Now, 
I have many buoys. I have dolphins that swim by to check if I need a lift. I have seaweed and algae to wrap around my wounds. I have scuba divers who visit with full oxygen tanks. I have shipwrecks to explore and renovate with discarded coral and pirate's treasure. Now I am a strong swimmer again. I can see the shore. I can see the sky. But I live in the ocean, and I can be a buoy again. I... That gives me goosebumps. Reading it and, of course, like listening to you read it, it's just, that is the, that just, I think, underscores the importance of community. Like, this is the most beautiful definition of community. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for asking and for bringing it out in me. Yes. Well, I so appreciate our conversation today. And like I said, I I appreciate your time, but also I'm um, you're welcome for helping you get away from your housework. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, if there's anything you'd like to share with our listeners about um, what you're up to or where they can learn more about you, um, feel free to plug yourself. Oh, sure. So I have a lot of stuff going on all the time, and it's just too much to ever fit into one, like, plug. So I'll just say go to my LinkedIn profile summary. It's Lila Smith. And I'm the creator of Say Things Better, if you're looking for the right one. And you'll see at the very top of my profile summary, I always have an up next section. So people can always see what events I have coming up, if there's something around their part of the world. Since I do events and travel internationally, there are, there's a good chance that I will be somewhere near you at some point. And I also have details in there about when my mastermind is coming up. Uh, the next one doesn't open until September, and there is a waiting list already for it. So if somebody wanted to be in the Say Things Better mastermind to learn how to clarify their messaging and share their message out with the whole world in a way that connects, that would be a good place to do that. And also in my profile summary on LinkedIn is some information about my backstage pass. So if you don't want to wait until September, if what you have to say is so important that you want to get it right and you want to work with somebody who really will care that your message lands the right way, you can find the backstage pass information there too. And so you can find the Say Things Better company page on LinkedIn. You can find at Say Things Better on Instagram. And you can also find me on Instagram at Lila Lasagna. I do a lot of work in my stories there. I go on Instagram live sometimes. And once in a while, I'll share a picture and a little bit of a story. I love it. Thank you so much. And you guys definitely need to... Um, connect with Lila, find her wherever you hang out on social media, especially LinkedIn. As you can tell, she's very active on there. But um, Lila, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and speaking with you today. And I can't wait to visit you in Dallas. I can't wait to have you. I will have all of the gluten-free options. (laughs) Perfect. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. If you want to learn better branding and communication skills or more about this podcast, please visit www.candidlyerin.com or just say the word podcast.com. You can also find me everywhere on social media at candidlyerin and make sure to use the hashtag just say the word in your social media posts so I can see your stories of resilience, transformation, and lessons learned because your story matters. Remember, your story is your legacy. Everybody has a story and the world should hear yours.